KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Rashawn Leak, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Tonight on the show, clear the air challenge is on, y'all, but so is Scottish rollback of the EPA, or is it? Find out what that means with, di- with Dr. Brian Mensch of Utah Physicians for a Healthy Environment, a nonprofit dedicated to protecting the health and well-being of the residents of Utah by promoting a science-based education and intervention that result in progressive, measurable improvements to the environment. Plus, Explorer Corpse is back with the Natural History Museum of Utah. There's something to see in all 29 of Utah counties, including fireflies. I'm just throwing that out there. You already know about that one. And Beth Mitchell and Christy Bills, AKA the Bug Lady, will join us to share their secrets. But right now, let's get to rallies and resources with Radioactive's own Laura Jones. What's up, Laura? Hey, hey. So hopefully Beth will make it. She's, you know, the trains uh, hey, you catch know, you know, people I, every I, I, time. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in public transportation, <laughs> so you know I know that life. <laughs> All right. So lots of stuff coming up. Let's go into some rallies and resources, and then we'll get to our special guest Sounds for the good segment as well. But coming up on Thursday, we talked about this on the show on Friday, Punk Rock Farmer Friday with Al Dime. It is the Creating Waterwise Park Strips. It starts at 6. It's online, folks, so you can sign up. It's not going to cost you anything. There's a link in Rallies and Resources, but 6 o'clock online. Conservation Garden Park, our friend Cynthia B. and company, they're going to walk you through best practices to save water through appropriate watering, plant selection, and planned maintenance. We're going to go over requirements for the Flip Your Strip program. There are rebates available. Um, yeah, Joe, you listening? We need to get that <laughs> rebate in there. Get get rid of that grass. Yep. Once you sign up, they'll send you the link for the online uh, webinar. It doesn't cost you anything, but you got to register, and that is Thursday at 6. Saturday, 45th annual Utah Asian Festival. 45. I, you know what? I, as a transplant, y'all all know, I am so impressed with some of the things we do here. I, I think... It was, you know, we're in the 30s for both Juneteenth and the Martin Luther King March mm-hmm. and 45th annual Utah Asian Festival. That's just so impressive. I know, right? So this is coming up on Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. at the Utah State Fair Park. Doesn't cost you anything. You can go and celebrate all the different Asian cultures in Utah at this free event. Communities coming together to share music, live performances, food, 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 and so much more. So uh, do check that out again. I got link. one. I got yeah, one, y'all. So all y'all, anybody who gets down on some free food like I do, oh, yeah. Wednesday, July 13th, uh-huh. Meet the Candidates Barbecue, uh-huh. 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. at Liberty Park. It's a free event put on by the Crossroads Urban Center, sponsored by Molina Healthcare. And join us at... Liberty Park Pavilion for, you heard it right, a free meal. Mm -hmm. So bring your appetite (laughs) and your curiosity and connect with your fellow community members and the opportunity to meet the candidates running to represent you. Yeah, if you don't like anything filtered between you and the candidates, there's this opportunity. Crossroads Urban Center in our community, by the way, does great things. And and they are concerned with um, folks living in poverty, uh, folks in their housing, they do lots of great work. They have that great thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're supporting them as well. 
So I'm just kind of interested in who's going to show up since in the primary that just happened last week. There were folks saying, I'm not debating anybody. Which is, re- like, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. Primaries, I kind of get it because there's yeah. no benefit as the incumbent to debate anybody. That, yes and no, though, because it, it's for me, it, I look at it as a FaceTime. It's a yeah. chance to get in there, and people can ask you questions. Like, I want to know what you're about. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe it's not so much how you ask, answer the question, mm-hmm. but, like, what you look like answering the question. Like, you know, are you sweating? Are your eyes all <laughs> shifty? You know, I mean, there's things. Body language is a lot, Laura. It's 100 degrees. People will be sweating it i heard it's 97 degrees in shade <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh one coming up there is one where you got to pay for your food but you're supporting all the nonprofits. profits uh, we talked about show, that yeah, yeah two weeks yeah. ago yeah. The, we're talking about the food truck face-off yep 2022 and if y'all listening if you're still looking for a not so celebrity uh food taster <laughs> hit your boy up but that's uh 4 to 10 p.m at liberty park also it's put Sorry. on by the food truck league and the 4th Street Clinic, Utah Community Action, and the Children's Center of Utah, who yep. were all on the show, what, two yeah. weeks ago. So it's Food Truck Face-Off Saturday, July 16th, and I believe that one's at Liberty Park as well. Yep. So lots of things happening at Liberty Park, including on Friday nights, the Utah Film Center mm-hmm. shows movies. That's don't right. you have Black Bolt and Brilliant coming yeah, up? Yeah, next next week we have United Skates. So we are partnering the f- with the... 15th. It's a, uh, is the next is Friday the 15th? 15th? Uh, yeah, Friday the 15th. Friday the 15th, yep. So we're partnering with the SLC Skate Babes. We're going to show the movie United Skates. Get your skate on. Uh, I will be rocking quads. If you go in non-quads, I won't judge you super hard, but I will be looking at you side-eyed. Okay, so I expect you to be able to do tricks and oh, twists Oh, if and my twirls. tricks is like kind of touch your knee and not fall down, I got you. I got you, Laura. So next week on yep. this very show, Roundtable Tuesday, we'll mm-hmm. be getting into skate culture, yeah, its history, its ties to the black community. I love it. All right, so stick around for that. Have you seen that in Mill Creek they've opened up the Common, and it's a little skate loop? I heard about it. I haven't checked it out yeah. yet. I, yeah, I think I got to bring the boys and yeah, yeah bring the family. We'll go and uh, do a little skate loop. I and went check over it out. drove by the other day, and they have a splash pad too. And I don't think you're supposed to ride your skates through it, but it's there if you need to cool off. I think you should. Okay, so that is all coming up. Um, let's get to some special guests. Explorer Corps has started with the Natural History Museum of Utah. We've got Beth Mitchell and Christy Bills from NHMU joining us now to have a conversation about that because there's so much you can do in every one of Utah's 29 counties uh, and have a great trip with yourself or the fam damly, as I like to say, the mm-hmm. whole fam damly. Uh, but they have these passports. Like, you know, when you go to National Park, you I can do. get this passport. So I this do. is like Utah's um, Explorer Corps. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff. So we've got Beth with us and Christy. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Hey, good. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Christy, how are you? I'm so good. So we got lots of stuff to talk about. Explorer Corps, can you just explain it, how long it's been going on, Beth, and where people pick up the passports? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Explorer Corps is in its second summer. It kicked off last summer, and so it runs typically from uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day, and it's free to anyone, and you can pick up a passport at a local library uh-huh. in your area. All right or at the Natural History Museum of Utah. Now, are you giving away a battle wagon of some sort? Because well, uh, you need you a say, new battle, one. You you say need battle, I'm, I mean, I'm always, you say battle wagon, my ears perk up. This is Rashawn's family, what, Vanagon? It, it, yeah, it's a, it? yeah, it's a GMC Safari that I've built out. And it out is into tricked like, out. It, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little tricky. <laughs> I got to see that. Yeah. We, are, um, we are giving away two free week-long rentals ah. in what? a... 
state-of-the-art Winnebago from our friends at Kelville Vans. And these are beautiful. They sleep four. Okay. Really easy to use. That's no oh, that's uh, she's speaking right to me. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's got the queen. It's got the pop up up top. Oh wow! And the only thing you have to do is go to our website and enter the okay. sweepstakes. No right. catch. But putting this all together, yeah. so last year as people were starting to spend a lot more time closer to home given COVID, and right. exploring everything. You know, where do I find this? I'm guessing you guys kind of got inundated along with other institutions in the state that knows where all the cool stuff is hidden, right, Beth? Right. Well, we we have the uh, advantage of having these collections and research experts who uh, have very wide and very narrow definitions of what natural history is. <laughs> um, but we wanted to find some things that were off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. And it was really important to us that we kind of called attention to these natural and cultural history spots uh -huh. in each of the 29 counties. So our folks in collections and research kind of got the first pass because they know all yeah. the cool stuff. And then, um, yeah, and then we worked with local communities, tourism directors, county officials to find kind of secret spots. So this is, it, it sounds like, and I don't know if you're familiar, it sounds like geocaching. It a, sounds, a like yeah, uh, yeah. So, if, and just our listeners, if you don't know what geocaching is, so basically you get coordinates, and the coordinates you you go to a certain area of the country, world, where wherever you happen to be, where you log into the site at, and you can find just just goodies, treasures that have been left behind by someone who's also a part of this, and that sounds amazing. Right, it is. We um, make it even easier, however, for people because we tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and there's an app for that, yeah. right? And there's an app for that. You can go on uh, iPhone or Android, and you can download Natural History Explorer Core. Um, but we also really like these physical passports. It's a fun thing to carry around. I like Kids them. Mm -hmm. love I like, it. Yeah. You can sort of open it up to the back and take a rubbing, like with a crayon or a pencil or something, mm. of the marker in the spot. And uh, that sort of has its own, like, satisfaction. Oh, Absolutely. So you you set up mark uh, are there markers that already exist or are these no. created specifically for Explorer Core last year and the latter they were created okay. specifically for so our friends at OC Tanner made these custom markers they're like ten inches so you gotta go find oh and yeah they're, and they're they're brass and each one is different and it. it marks this spot which I'm sure everyone is curious to know what kind of spots we're talking about mm. right yeah well and like you said you tell everybody like, you can break it down county by county on the website the app's got it all too that's right okay and um, some of the really fun things are um, there's stuff right in your backyard Cascade Springs in Wasatch County it's kind of little known but it's a beautiful place to spend and you can stick your toes in the water and um, Woodruff Bison Jump up in Rich County which is an anthropology site where um, uh, native people years and years ago came down and see you're pulling it up right there. what'd you pull up there Sean? so I, I'm on the website and I'm looking at the one on uh, in Rich County, Rich County. Uh, yeah it's this is awesome. Christy Bills, the bug lady, a.k.a. the bug lady from NHMU. You got some favorites? Uh, or spots you want to point out? We can um, also get to some other yeah, stuff I know we I want to talk like about. the one in uh, Juab because it's in front of the Daughters of the Utah Pioneers Museum. There we go. Okay. I like the one in Duchesne. There's one right in front of the Natural History Museum. If anybody comes to see us, they can see it there. It's an easy get. Okay, but we also got to talk about the critters you can see in all of the 29 counties. Maybe we could start with some fireflies. Really I, you know, I had to give a shout out to fireflies. As a, yeah. Everybody knows I'm from Jersey, and Jersey, every summer, you just chase the fireflies around in the parks and whatnot. Yeah. And, and I was always bummed that I, I, you know, when I bring my boys home to see my parents and whatnot, we can see it. But in Utah, I, I it's been difficult, terribly difficult to find 
fireflies, but you told me off air that they're here. Yep, yep, yep. So we have been tracking them since 2014, and we have them in definitely 27 of the 29 counties. So when we started this project about eight years ago, we weren't sure if there were just like a handful of populations. But using um, citizen science, asking people to tell us where they knew they were, we have found out we have them from Moab to Bryce Canyon to Bear Lake and up into, ready, Idaho, Nevada, Wyoming, Montana, Colorado, and we have partners all throughout the Intermountain West, so it's super exciting. It's brought a lot of people together. Well, it, it totally does. I mean, I, I love the community vibe of people all over the, the or all over the state just reporting that, that they saw a firefly. So what is it a website? How did they get involved? If I saw one out in the wild, what do I mm-hmm. need to do to say, you know, bug lady? They're here. I'm here. They're please here. Do. They yeah. fly amongst me yeah, right now. Yeah, please tell me. We were really excited to get more data points, even if you just remember, like, I think I saw them in, like, 2003. Definitely tell us if you um, – yeah, if you saw them in June and then you see them again in July, tell us both times. Mm-hmm. It helps us track data. Super great. Um, you just can Google Natural History Museum of Utah Fireflies or Utah Fireflies. It's nhmu.utah.edu fireflies, but you can find it super easy. The internet's right. saturated with information about this super cool project. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been amazing the amount of data we've collected. All right, so I know we were talking off air. If I If I... If I was going out right now and I'm like, I need not maybe not not right now because it's super hot out there. But if mm-hmm. I needed to find a firefly and I, I wanted to impress my wife, my kids and say, you know, dad knows mm-hmm. dad's got the hookup. He was talking to the bug lady mm-hmm. and he's about to show you some fireflies. Where mm-hmm. is 85 percent chance I'm going to find a firefly? So you want to go to I, <laughs> I got to be careful because I am respectful of people's private property. That's fair. That's so fair. I have a lot of information about people's like farms oh, and I can't right. send nope. like 10,000 no, people to somebody's that. farm. Not cool. <laughs> we, yeah, we all remember Woodstock. <laughs> right, exactly. We can't have a firefly Woodstock on our hands. But I do have permission from Swanner Nature Preserve, um, which is in Park City, a very wonderful institution, by the way. Definitely people should visit um, to use their boardwalk. So around that preserve, they have protected some land and they have fireflies. So What but time of night are they prime? 9.45. Okay, right, so they're night, yeah, that's, they're <laughs> night owls. Okay, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. more than animals. But yeah, I can't guarantee anything. Also be respectful and Absolutely. don't go into people's private property yeah. and don't collect them. I, oh, yeah, because that was my favorite thing to do as a kid. In Poke a hole in a jar. Yeah, yeah, and try and catch them. And mm-hmm. I remember visiting my brother in West Virginia, oh, gosh, probably five, six years ago. And like what's that oh my gosh you have fireflies just like <laughs> i mean it took me right back to being a kid. oh absolutely yeah. absolutely it's a all super right. magical thing for sure it mm-hmm. is and so w- when you map all this are you just trying to get your hands around yes they do exist or is there something more going on with oh there's a lot of things i mean how many questions can you ask what do they eat what eats them are they dependent on water quality does fire affect them um are they having an annual life cycle or longer? There's like a so heat. many yeah. questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, are they affected by spraying for mosquitoes or not? There's so many questions that we aren't able to answer yet. Right now, we're just establishing the range. So whenever somebody contacts me from like Idaho or Montana, I'm like, oh, wow, that changes our whole understanding of the range. You know what I mean? Like, whoa. And Christy gets so. giddy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love that, though. That's how it's supposed I to be. I do. Yeah, it's really exciting to partner with other people and see the project grow. You know what I haven't seen a lot of? Hmm. Butterflies. This it does season. seem like a less numerous year for butterflies, mm. doesn't it? But it could be because it's super hot and we're yeah. out less. But mm. I understand. Okay, we just did, mm-hmm. what was it, bug week? Bug um, 
Fest. Bug, Bug Fest. Fest. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> A little dry here. So Bug Fest, and then we're still looking for fireflies, and then there's something else coming up we wanted to remind folks moth, about. Mosquito. No, Moth, moth. moth Week. Let's hey, not remind people about mosquitoes. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't know. I don't. Mosquitoes, if I see you, I'm coming for you. I'm just saying. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to, not trying to collect you. No. So no. are moths, uh, I mean, I... There's like oh. a variety just like butterflies. Moths are so exciting. So moths are fatter, faster, and fluffier than butterflies. Fluffier. But, I like but here's like the that. really important fact. It's like the Fs. They are 14 times more successful than butterflies. Wow. So for every butterfly wow. you see, there are 14 more butterflies or moth species. But they're not in competition, are they? No, they're not in competition really. But like, just think of like, that's how much more successful moths are than butterflies. Okay. So we see butterflies because we are diurnal. Mm. But moths are out there like kicking butt in the world. You know what I mean? So we have some really, really exquisite moths in Utah. We have the poplar sphinx moth. Most people are familiar with a hummingbird moth that is... Um, Hylis lineata and it uh, floats around in the dusk and it uh, suckles from pollen from flowers and it's really cool but we also have some like monster big silk moths um, that are really like cecropia moths oh they're huge and they're really fuzzy and brightly colored and amazing but we also have some little like tiger moths they're really brightly colored so people think moths are just like oh that little gray thing no. no, they run a gamut, huh? Oh, they can be maroon and pink and orange and pattern just in such gorgeous ways. So um, I'm excited. We're going to have two different events for Moth Week, um, one at a local park called Fife Wetland. I'm super fond of. Is that over here on... About, it? It's about ninth south ninth west. It's yeah, by International that? Peace Gardens. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a very gorgeous wetland. Um, and then also um, we'll have one at the museum. So uh, that's on. Uh, one event is on the 27th and one event is on the 30th and people just show up and like watch us we can look at night bugs together it'll be awesome i, I, I have a question so you, you touched on something why is why are moths 14 times more successful like what is driving that do we even know is it just like what's going on here what like what um, do the butterflies need to do to step up their game <laughs> I guess they need to hire a consultant yeah, or like, something. Butterflies, hit me up. Jump more in my DMs. I got you. More yeah. milkweed. More milkweed. More yeah, milkweed. it's just so interesting, though. Yeah, right. Um, there's probably an entomologist that can answer your mm -hmm. question, but ent but bugs are so complex and numerous right. and rich in like so many stories. I'm not the person that can answer that. I just like love that fact so much. Yeah, no, that's a good fact. It's just amazing. Um, yeah. Just I also wanted to bring out that there's this Facebook page. If you find a creepy crawly and you're wondering what it is, you can take a picture of it and Christy will tell you what it is. I might. Or somebody else. Are you talking about Salt Lake Bug Lovers? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There's exactly. a wonderful group of people who are love to talk about local um, insect fauna and spider fauna. And it's really great yeah. okay we totally went off on a tangent because we love well, the bugs yeah stuff. i do like I, I most bugs I, I will try and catch them and put them outside if they're in the yeah. house i'm mm -hmm. not a, i'm not a big bug killer and That's it doesn't good. bother me that much we'll put moth week info and the fireflies map in the show notes also all the info about explorer Corps. again it's going on through the end of uh through the summer labor day right beth right Tuesday, right. September 6th. And you got prizes galore for folks that get involved. And are you, are you uh, having people hashtag? Show them yes, their please. journeys? Yes, please. Hashtag Explorer Corps. And it's corpse, but it's actually pronounced core. All right. Go. All right. Which is something that I don't correct, but I do notice. Yeah. yeah. No, no. That's, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to take the boys out. Yeah. And get, the get battle some, uh, wagon. Oh, yeah. You got to do it. How, can you enter often? 
No, you can oh, only, only enter, enter once. once. Can each member of the family enter? Absolutely, as long right. as you're representing yourself or someone over 25. All right, all right. So we got so two. We got anyone two that's listening yeah. who is under that, just get someone enter on someone else's behalf, all right. but only with their permission. All right. All right. I, I just I love folks learning more about the beautiful state we live in and discovering mm-hmm. things that they didn't know and appreciating it. Agreed. And while they're out there going, man, it's hot and we're in a drought. Maybe we should do something about that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and also you know it's it, you start appreciating the things that we have and mm-hmm. and it makes you want to fight for it you know yeah. and especially in relation to what's going on later in the show but it's it's just things that you know you, we only get one earth you know you get and and we you know in our lifetime i want to keep some of these beautiful things going so you know mm-hmm. my kids kids can go out and see it and you know be yeah. a part of explorer corps <laughs> What's the website for all this, Beth? It is nhmu.utah.edu backslash explore. Great. We will get that in the show notes. When we come back, we're going to talk to some poets. we got Dr. Brian Mensch on deck to wrap up the show. This next song, chosen by one of our poets, I said, hey, I'm taking suggestions. If you get something, she said, here's a song with some lyrics that can maybe give some hope Mm. in a dark time. It's Joy Alatakun, her new new song put out this year, Fortune Favors the Bold, on KRCL 90.9. The Utah Department of Health and Human Services has information and steps for parents affected by the infant formula recall and shortage, now available in 28 languages in addition to English and Spanish. Visit health.utah.gov for details. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Love's Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. Get out your calendars. We've got a date you've been waiting for. KRCL's annual record in CD sale will be kicking off Friday, September 9th as part of the KRCL Block Party. It's on 909. Get it? We've been collecting your donated vinyl over the past two years, and we have to say it might be the best we've ever had. So mark your calendars, September 9th, for the KRCL record and CD sale and block party. If you're looking to get rid of your vinyl, we're still taking those tax-deductible donations of your gently used records. Email me, eric, at recordsale at krcl.org for more information. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones and Democracy Now! coming up at 7, followed by Connor's Late Night Lowdown, now in the 8 o'clock slot on Tuesday nights, followed by Super Sounds with Chovy at 10.30, and John Florence starts your brand new day each and every weekday at 6 a.m. If you missed the last two weeks of any show, well, you can listen on demand at krcl.org. Thanks to listeners like you who in the past have answered the call when we've asked for financial support and donated. You can find out all about donating and becoming a member at krcl.org. Rashawn Leak is our volunteer host on Roundtable Tuesdays with Radioactive. And now we got uh, some poetry. You always and I, we love. like the poetry, oh, right? I was just going to okay. say, I always love when we could pass the mic to some poets. Mm. So I'm excited, Laura. We have, uh, well, it's, the group is called uh, Plumis Collectiva. And I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. My, I, you know, I'm not my. I don't roll my R's well, You're from so I'm just, yeah. You know, the accent <laughs> just gets stuck. You know, the American. I want to pronounce every word. There you go. But we have Francis Go. She/her is a multiracial Mexican Chinese poet, artist, and zoologist. 
You'll find, find her roaming through the fields, forests, and fens in search of birds and a good nature metaphor. Love that. She often combines her writing with illustrations, exploring their interplay between poetic form and paintings. And she loves collecting new poetry words from sci-fi, fantasy novels, and bio- biology textbooks alike. And we have Monica Lizette. Uh, she's a Chicana poet who writes about navigating love, generational trauma, and heartbreak. And so welcome to the show, ladies. It's nice to have you. Thank you. And I, you know, I just found those bios online, so I apologize I didn't have more, Monica, but that's what you're here to do is tell us more about yourself uh, so let's let's start there and have you both just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you love poetry. Um, so I started poetry in high school and it was just kind of an assignment. I went up to the front of the class, I did my poem and I like cried, but mm. I just really liked <laughs> being able to say what I wanted to and just being able to tell that story. I kept going, did the adult scene. Um, I always just felt that it was lacking a lot of diversity though. Mm. And so part of the reason that we started this group was to bring more like poets of color, like artists, writers, everything together and just to have that like safe space to connect and share. And you've got the shirt on that says 2017 National Poetry Slam, Denver, Colorado. Awesome. And zoologist over here. I I totally want to talk about the birds in my Uh, Twitter feed. Yes, for serious. With Francis. But uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself from, from your own perspective. Yeah, I guess I... Most people know me as a scientist, like coming from a hard science background, but I guess I, in my spare time, really love to read and collect sort of beautiful words or read the words of others. And most of my poetry has lived in sort of my sketchbooks in between like my biology notes or my little doodles of birds. But every so often there's like a moment in nature where you're like, wow, I just, this is such a beautiful moment and I want to capture that in writing and be able to share it with other people. So for me, that's kind of what poetry is. All right. Well, I think we should get some poetry. I, yeah, because I, I was feeling all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. So, yeah, can you want, want both of you bless us with some words? All right. Okay. How to ward off bad dreams. Keep an open Bible under your bed to catch all the whispers you don't understand. When his fingers tiptoe across your chest, let the pages slice the tips off his handprint. Offer the wine dripping from his dendrites up to God herself. When he tells you how good your smile would look in his pocket, take a look at his hands. You could have sworn they didn't have thorns a second ago. Notice how his grip on your thigh only tightens. When he says he could listen to your morning dew voice for hours, remind yourself of your name. And then remind him of your name. You aren't the apple weren't rooted in temptation or grown out of spite how dare his mouth think itself worthy of your flesh honey so crisp tipsy bees follow shadows in hopes of finding a glimpse of you tells you he sees salvation in your eyes but he's all teeth and hot breath and he's got the bible in his hand so maybe i need to find a bigger god when the words slur their way off his tongue find their way into your prayers let them float their way up to the heavens let go of the weight you've been bearing let go of the guilt let go of every voice in your head that tells you it was your fault as if you didn't have to confession the next day didn't try to paint over his sin tailing mary as if she didn't know, as if she didn't hold you when you, when you sobbed his name into porcelain throne, watch, watch you scrub your skin raw over and over and over. There were no serpents curled into your hair, none writhing their way from the couch or the car or anywhere that matters. Just a man who knew exactly what he was doing, exactly how you felt, exactly how much you'd had to drink. Don't listen to the hissing coming from underneath your bed. When the cross around your neck feels more noose, hold it in your hands. Feel the cool metal warm against your palm. Remember that you are still that warmth and light and still so radiant 
So when the bad dreams start to get worse, pull the Bible out from underneath your pillow. Let your lover hold you closer. Feel that your body is held not in pieces but whole because you are not broken. Not an idea of a person. Just a flame that still burns. A candle still lit. And one that he could never blow out. Fire. <laughs> I know. Oh, That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. All right, Francis, what you got? If you've been wondering about me, write me a letter, send me a postcard, stamped from the Why Not gas station, if I crossed your rearview mirrors, a passing roadside hawk. If you've been wondering how to say anything at all to me, write me a real letter. Strike throughs and run-ons, thoughts wild horse loose on the unsteady page, Send hard candy truths you've been keeping much too safe, bottled up on your writing desk like untouched mementos, tart, cut your tongue and bleed kind of feelings unedited. I don't want polite how are yous, hope you're wells. Everyone knows I am not and have not been. If you know anything about me, it's that I love a love letter or I love a story if that's what you've got. But... An honest one, penned in the flickering of half-past eleven, monsoon tears from Tucson's highway, gray pencil smudges showing me no words were ever quite right, but you did try. If you really have things to say, be sure all truths reach me with enough postage, handled with care. Don't send me your weakest messenger doves, because when I opened your last birthday card to me, well, let me tell you. I hate nothing more than hollow words neatly printed and the most generic goodbye. The imagery, Laura. That was all all good. And Francis, you are the the featured um, poet and visual artist. You're gonna have yes. some of your sketches there too. Yeah. So we're really hoping to have a featured visual artist and poet at each of our Pluma Slams. And for our very first one, I will be featuring some of my works. That's so fantastic. All right, so Monica, tell us what's going on because it's a slam and it's an open mic, right? Yeah, so um, traditionally the slam that we have in Utah is a short open mic and then the slam right after, but we wanted this one to be longer and we wanted to include more visual artists, musicians, comedians, have it be more open. Yeah, I was reading it's like um, you want dance as well. Yeah, they're yeah. calling they're calling mm-hmm. for everybody, everybody <laughs> in arts, huh? Yeah. So this is an open call that you're here to issue as well. Who is yes. this call for? Uh, this call is for all of our our BIPOC community of artists, writers, dancers, musicians to come, show up, show out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We'd love so to find features for these slams. Yeah, and if anyone is not familiar with the word uh, BIPOC, it means black, indigenous, and people of color. So those are the people we're really hoping to bring together into this community and just connect with them. All right. So I think maybe some folks listening are going, I got to be, especially after what Francis and Monica just laid down, I got to be like ready to bring it. But I think the tradition of open mics and the slam provides enough room for um, the novice and the long-term poet, Monica. Yeah, I think um, the open mic is for the people that are kind of nervous about sharing, have maybe never shared before or just anyone that doesn't want to deal with like having to compete mm-hmm. yeah. so that's why it's longer so we have more we give more chances to just and monica share. will cry with you because she understands that <laughs> after you get up for that first time <laughs> definitely yeah. yeah and so we really want to encourage people 
you know, like sometimes slams can be intimidating because they're scoring and it's very vulnerable for people to go up there, share these poems and feelings and then be scored mm-hmm. versus in an mm-hmm. open mic. We really want to encourage that feeling of community. We just want to be here with you when you're sharing the work that you have with us. So it sounds really inclusive. It sounds like you really want everybody in. Mm-hmm. Is, and, and was that the whole goal as as you two started? And, uh, and forgive me, but as you started Plumas Collectiva? Um, yeah, we really just wanted to bring that. Because we created like a safe space within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we kind of wanted to extend that to our community yeah. and find new ways to open that up. Well, this is also poetry in the wild, correct? Yeah. Where is it going to be? When's it going to be? How do you sign up? Yeah, so it is going to be on the 15th of July, uh, which is a Friday evening, I believe from about 7 to 10 p.m. at Tracy Aviary's Jordan River Nature Center. I have not been to this place yet out on 3300 South and 1125 West. So it is a relatively new space. So Mm. it is Tracy Aviary's second campus situated on the west side of town. So we're really oh. trying to be intentional it's Friday night. It's Friday night. <laughs> about where we are Wait, hosting. Is this Friday next night? No, it's next, next Friday. Friday. Sorry, Friday. Friday. I've already lost a week somehow. There's <laughs> <No. laughs> a lot going on, happened. Laura. That's right. So yeah. a week from Friday. Yeah. All right. So how can people catch up with the collect- Collectiva uh, otherwise? Because I'm sure you want to grow the collective. That is true. So we're most active on Instagram right now. So it is at Plumas Collectiva on Instagram. And we're sharing most of our events or some of like other affiliated workshops that we are hosting and whatnot. Wonderful. We'll put a link in the show notes, folks, so you can find it. We'll put it on rallies and resources. Monique Lucette and Francisco, thank you so much. And I got to like, give a oh, full yeah. clap. Those were awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, everybody. When we come back, we're going to talk with Dr. Brian Mensch from Utah Physicians for a Healthy Environment. And I just had to play because we're going to talk about SCOTUS. Yeah. The EPA, some things that are changing. There's a little sorrow from David Bowie on KRCL. I don't know if the sorrow was the right thing to play as we're about to talk about the Supreme Court, Rashawn, uh, and the no, EPA. No, but you know what? It, it, it's how we feel. There's a there's yeah. a lot going on, and it you know right now it just it feels like it's not getting better. It, yeah. You know, it's things are going to change because of a lot of the rulings that were handed down by the Supreme Court of the United States in this last session season, and some of the things they've indicated they're going to take up in the next one are kind of terrifying. But it's it is terrifying. Yeah. It, it's it's terrifying because it. it it doesn't feel like they are fully representing all of the country yeah. is the problem. Well, anyway, we're going to talk about the uh, West Virginia versus uh, Environmental, Environmental Protection Agency yep. suit with Dr. Brian Mensch, Utah Physicians for a Healthy Environment, 15-year-old nonprofit. Me. Thanks for being here. Hey, Rashawn, let's talk headlines on this ruling, okay? I'm, I'm Why don't you give us at, some? Let's all right, the doc all right. so New York Times, Supreme Court strips federal government of crucial tool to control pollution. Forbes, Supreme Court decision on EPA could have implications for other regulatory agencies like FDA. Wall Street Journal, Supreme Court puts brakes on EPA in far-reaching decision. NPR, Supreme Court restricts the EPA's authority to mandate carbon emissions reductions. Fox Business, Supreme Court deals Biden climate agenda serious blow with EPA decision. And scottisblog.com, Supreme Court curtails EPA's authority to fight climate change. All right, Doc. That doesn't sound good. It's, 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 it's worrisome. I mean, there's no other way to put it, Doc. Well, you, le- you left out a couple that maybe were even worse. <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden is not known as being a radical. Right. President, yeah. And his response was, this is devastating. Mm-hmm. If Joe Biden thinks it's devastating, I think we better pay attention. And 
and Elena Kagan, one of the Supreme Court justices that dissented, said the court appoints itself the decision maker on climate policy. I cannot think of many things more frightening. Well, what was at the heart of this case? And from some of the reading that I did of the, the uh, decision, it seems like they went farther than the case was even asking. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of describe what the landscape was and then what SCOTUS did? Well, I, I think the best description of what the court has been doing is, is probably found in an article in The Intercept of a couple of days ago which basically outlined how this EPA decision was basically bought for by Charles Koch. Mm. The, you know, the, the infamous Koch brothers, yep. one of them has died in the last few years, but Charles Koch's still living. And the Koch Industries, heavily weighted towards fossil fuels, was one of the first corporations heavily engaged in climate denial. And if you recall in a uh, 2008 election, Uh, the Republican Party under John McCain actually had a a slightly stronger climate uh, position than than the Obama candidacy did. I I didn't recall that. That's interesting. Yeah, and you might recall that Nancy Pelosi Mm -hmm. and um, Newt Gingrich did a TV ad where they both sat on a couch representing both sides of the political spectrum, and they said, well, we may have our differences on other things, but we both believe in climate change. Interesting. Now, that was 2008. Mm-hmm. Well, by 2010, things had changed an awful lot in the Republican Party. And why did they change? Because of the heavy-handed influence and just obscene amount of money that Charles, the, the Koch brothers, put into the system, uh, basically generating the Tea Party mm. and, and shoving the entire Republican Party, especially Republican congressional leaders, hard excuse me, hard to the right on this issue. And since then, it's been part of um, Republican mantra to deny the climate crisis, or at least ignore it. And the Democrats, uh, feeling like they perpetually do, that they have to drift towards the center, well, that means they drift toward the, the war, towards the right. Mm-hmm. And they start to get a lot weaker on it as well. And so now we're seeing how one of the most powerful Democrats in the country, Joe Manchin, is almost single-handedly tying both hands of the Biden administration behind their backs in preventing anything. Well, we got to this point basically because of the input of the Koch brothers. And this article from The Intercept magazine describes how basically the Koch brothers, um, Charles Koch, basically bought this decision. Mm. The Intercept article, if I'm reading it correctly, is the Supreme Court's shock and awe judicial coup. Is that the nope, one you're talking about? No, that's not the one. It's, okay. it's a couple days. Uh, it's, uh, is it how Charles Koch yes. purchased the Supreme Court's EPA go. decision? Yeah, and, and a big role was played by uh, ALEC, uh, oh, the American, oh, American Legislative, Legislative, Exchange. Legislative yeah. Exchange Council, and uh, legislation friendly to the uh, fossil fuel industry and public utilities was crafted in these mills and then marketed out to all the Republican legislatures throughout the country. And uh, so it's been instrumental in killing solar initiatives. It's been instrumental in all kinds of legislation that was geared up to basically make sure that we don't address climate change with anywhere near the seriousness that it deserves. If if we don't stop this or put our foot down, what does this mean for our, our future generations? Well, it's it's disaster. I uh, I have two new granddaughters, mm-hmm. one who's four months old, and one who's five weeks old. 
and we are just thrilled to have them. Uh, there's a, it's the highlight of my day to see the videos and the pictures mm -hmm. of them. They don't live in Utah, but I am terrified about their future. Um, we, we have been warned for at least a decade that temperatures in the West, and that obviously includes Utah, yep. will start to average uh, by probably the end of the century eight to nine degrees hotter than they currently do. We're already experiencing a, a drought that even conservatives are now worried about. And uh, science, climate scientists predict there's no turning this around. It's, it's just going to get point. worse and worse and worse. So we're losing our water resources. Uh, we're having not, not only hotter temperatures, but just persistent wildfires throughout the West. Uh, we're losing our forests. Uh, even modern civilization hasn't been able to come up with a substitute for water. <laughs> can't freeze dry it, can you? So I want to get to this West Virginia case, though, and what the Supreme Court ruling said, because um, uh, one interpretation is, well, we're just handing this back to the legislature, to Congress, to do their job. That SCOTUS uh, feels that what EPA was doing is something that it needs to be told by Congress, what's your what's your take on what they did and what it will do well, to the they, ability to regulate greenhouse gases? They can come up with all sorts of tortured legal reasons why they did what they did. Mm -hmm. But basically, we are in such a world of hurt that every major nation on Earth needs to be, pardon this, the metaphor, rowing in the same direction mm -hmm. in terms of cutting our emission of greenhouse gases. And that doesn't mean just reducing our dramatically our use of fossil fuels. It means things like reforestation. It means changing agriculture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It means changing, changing personal and societal habits. Mm -hmm. We need to all do that. We need to be rowing in the sa same direction. What the Supreme Court did is it basically took everybody everybody's rows away and let's see how far we can get by dipping our hands into the water. Now, maybe that's a bad metaphor, uh, ba bad metaphor for, the, for the Great Basin <laughs> that is experiencing this yeah. awful kind of drought. Right. Uh -huh. But any administrative change that makes it harder for us to address, you can't justify it on any level. Even You can't justify it scientifically from the standpoint of common sense. You can't justify it from the standpoint of just legal analysis. So this, uh, at the heart of this is also the, something called the Clean Power Plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you can explain what that was doing. And now SCOTUS has kind of put the brakes, as one of those headlines said, well, the, the on the Clean Power ability to Plan. Do that created a blueprint by which the entire nation's utilities would basically start to ratchet down their use of fossil fuels. Mm, okay. And this same Supreme Court, minus a few changes, ruled that the Clean Power Plan couldn't be implemented either. So the Obama administration backed off. And so uh, then they had a few more changes in personnel on the Supreme Court, and then they came back with this. Well, if you think that handing over an existential <laughs> decision like the climate crisis to Congress, given the fact that Congress can't protect us from anything mm -hmm. at the moment, mm -hmm. what you're saying is our, quote, conservative legal principles are more important than, this, than the survival of mankind. Does this leave us in kind of a, a limbo where EPA has been told by the Supreme Court they can't regulate and... Congress can't get its act together, so there's no rules going on. No, but they, uh, what they still can do is basically try and regulate 
power plants one at a time. Mm. Wow. Now that obviously makes it more time, uh, makes it uh, extends the time by which anything can be accomplished. It makes it much more difficult. And even those things are likely to get challenged in court. And we'll, if we have this come before the same court in five years, we're likely to get a similar kind of result. So we essentially just stripped the EPA of any power that they've, that they've had prior? Well, this, this heralds that they're not only interested in stripping the EPA of power, they're interested in stripping virtually all federal agencies, agencies. of all power. Well, that because it, it, the they dominoes, the right? FDA, yeah. Well, and it makes the court the decision maker, the decider in chief. Well, it, well, like, here's here's the you remember Orrin Hatch used, oh, to, used yeah. to love to have to throw out this phrase about quote activist judges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was his term for liberal justices. If these justices aren't activist judges, I don't know how that term Mm -mm. could possibly qualify on anybody. But basically, they're politicians in black robes. Well, we've got this clear the air challenge going on, folks. And, you know, I I didn't talk about it as much as I wanted to at the top of the show. But we're here telling folks, you know, take public transportation, walk, trip, chain, Mm -hmm. um, try the bike, get the electric bike. Do everything you can not to drive. At the big level... I mean, it, it makes me feel like anything I do is just moot. Well, well, it isn't just moot, but you left out a couple of things. Yeah. There is now a, an intimate correlation between how much water we use and the amount of dust pollution that comes from the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. So water... One of the storms last week, I was watching the battle between it trying to rain and, and the and dust. dust. Right, exactly. So we need to have water conservation added to that list of personal behavioral changes that you just mentioned. Okay. Oh yeah, agreed. Agreed. Right. Uh, well, now that we're let let's talk about it. now that we're back in Utah. I, I got this. I got this up from from your website. When I say your, I mean the Utah Physicians for a Healthy Environment. And this looks like to be a couple years ago, but it's Utah asked for 179B exemption from Clean Air Act. It wasn't two years ago. It was actually just last year. Oh, was it just last year? So what are so what are we essentially asking for as a state? Because this and how does this ruling is, affect how does that? This ruling affect that? Because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, basically as a state we are asking to say, hey, can we ignore all air regulations and just do as we please? Because China or or uh, outside agencies are impacting outside our air countries. outside the country agencies are impacting our air and there's nothing we could do about it well uh, you're 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 close to describing it very well the 179b section of the clean air act allows a state or an entity to appeal to the EPA to not designate them as non-attainment if they can prove that a certain amount of pollution originates in another country mm-hmm. And that's what Utah tried to do. You, by Utah, I mean the executive branch, the governor, and the House Majority Leader, and the President of the Senate, and, all converged. And the Utah Petroleum <laughs> Association. All converged with at the appeal of the fossil fuel industry uh-huh. to try and get this exemption for Utah. Uh, the EPA denied that exemption this spring, so that's the good news. Right. But the bad news is we have politicians who are more interested in carrying water for the fossil fuel industry than they are protecting public health. And this appeal to try and get us excluded from designation as non-attainment because our pollution or some of our pollution comes from China was a perfect example of that. And we think that it's basically is scientifically 
uh, indefensible, and it's immoral. Well, Absolutely. is that the silver yeah. lining in the toxic dust cloud coming off the Great Salt Lake? I mean, because we can see that right here, starting here. Well, we, U- Utah has kind of a unique such situation where we are plagued by four different sources of pollution. Uh, we're now having persistent wildfire smoke throughout the West for mm-hmm. at least four months out of the year. Uh, last last three summers, we had it from June through September. Well, the Sutterville fire yeah. is last weekend. Uh, now we're having increasingly uh, persistent dust storms from the Great Salt Lake and other dried up lakes throughout the region. Then we have our winter inversion pollution, which people who've lived here longer than a few months are all too familiar with. And then we have increasing ozone. Because ozone is a chemical, or the product of a chemical reaction in the atmosphere catalyzed by heat. And so as global temperatures rise, ozone globally rises. So now we have four different sources of pollution now, all of whom have some connection to the climate crisis. Wow. Mm. Rashawn, you're out there riding your bicycle. I am. I'm on my bike. Yeah, most a uh, couple times a week I'm on my bike. This is terrifying, Doc. What? I, I, I ride my bike to work, too, so I have exactly the same sort of revulsion to that yeah. reality that, that you did. I mean, okay, so, I, I, and I, you know, I feel remiss not asking what we should do, but I feel like it shouldn't just fall on the average citizen. We, no. This has to come up at the, on the Hill. We, we have to have behavioral change at the individual and family and neighborhood level. But far beyond that, we can't do it alone. We have to have government policy be dictated by a completely different set of priorities than what our current political leaders have basically installed uh, in the state of Utah. Sometimes this feels so beyond the average person to to take in, but also to combat. Do you have any recommendations for folks listening on how to get involved in this issue and, and advocate for, you know, Clean air standards, uh, you know, the, the well, EPA. Well, it, it, it's easy to pick a local issue related to all this. And one example would be there are new, there are new coalitions forming to try and protect the Great Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. There are multiple groups now coalescing around fighting the proposed Parley's Canyon gravel pit yep. mine that will basically plaster Parley's Canyon, including all the residents at Mount Air and at the mouth of, of Parley's Canyon with a, a persistent source of dust. Uh, there are people who are fighting the inland port mm-hmm. because the inland port is basically a, another development that will um, increase our water consumption, add pollution, polluting vehicles, especially diesel trucks, to an area that's already suffering from um, environmental injustice issues. So there are all things like uh, things like that locally that a person could latch themselves onto and say, I'm going to be a part of this issue because that's what I can do to help. That's what I'm interested in. And there are multiple organizations who could use your help. I wanted to ask you about a, uh, another item that UPHE is involved in and taking a victory lap tomorrow. We are. Stericycle <laughs> shutting down. Wow. You got it moved at one point, and now what's happening, and tell us what's happening tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, after a nine-year battle, Stericycle is closing their incinerator, and uh, basically that's putting an end to a toxic source of emissions that has been blanketing North Salt Lake in the Foxborough neighborhood for the for the last 33 years. Yeah, they were trying to move to Twilla, weren't they? They were trying yeah, to I move to Twilla, and then uh, they got a lot of grief from, from that idea. They tried to move to Las Vegas, and Las Vegas didn't want them. Then they decided they're going to go to Reno, and, and I've been trying to help 
the renal community fight this, but basically I didn't have enough presence or enough clout politically to really help that community. So they're starting construction of another incinerator in Rito to replace this one, which is a tragedy for Reno, mm -hmm. but it's obviously good for North Salt Lake. We don't have to incinerate medical waste. It's the wrong way to handle it. We should bury it like other sources of hazardous waste. Incineration just spreads all the toxins. It doesn't, it doesn't dissolve or kill any of them. It actually creates new ones. It creates new ones that weren't there well, in the first place. There are some zombie movies predicated. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, as a zombie fan, there's a couple so, movies that so start up like this. tomorrow we're having a Talks press a conference convention. in front of Stericycle to basically celebrate that they have, they have had to close their incinerator and everyone along the Wasatch Front should breathe a big sigh of relief. Well, you're just talking about getting involved, and it's a it's a long game. And I think that's part of um, what we have to get our minds around yeah. again, Rashawn. If you disagree with some of the Supreme Court rulings and how it's changing materially our country in a, a number of ways, you got to get involved. You got to stay involved. And it's not a sprint. It it's is a marathon. A lifelong yeah. marathon. Don't recoil and get depressed. Use that as motivation to say, okay, this can be changed, and I'm going to be one of the people that can do it. All right. Let's go back and close with something positive like the Clear the Air Challenge and ask the good doc here his suggestions for uh, doing it this uh, this month. What do you think, doc? I, th I think uh, I'd love to see more people ride their bikes mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of getting in their cars, and we need to, to engineer our roads so those people can be protected. One of the things we can do, for instance, is tell UDOT to slow down freeway speed limits. because yeah. We spent years getting them up to 80. What <laughs> yeah, are you talking exact, about? <laughs> exactly. What that does is it increases the speeds that drivers yeah. drive on all the other feeder roads. Mm -hmm. So if you'll notice in the last few years since they increased uh, speed limits, we've had more pedestrian deaths mm -hmm. yeah, we've been and more, yeah. more fatalities on the highway. So we need to protect our, our pedestrians and our cyclists. Um, that's a, that's a another example of a good s sort of public policy change that the average person has a direct stake in the outcome and can get involved in. Um, and then if you can, you should be able to tolerate a little higher uh, temperature in your house so you don't use as much air conditioning. Try and conserve as much water as you can, especially right. hot water, especially if you've got a, a water heater that uh, runs on natural gas, which produces nitrogen oxide which is bad for the community, and it's also bad for your house, by the way. And we need to do things like, for in new building construction, make some ordinances like California has that prohibit the use of natural gas for stoves for cooking in new construction. That not only helps reduce the nitrogen oxide emissions in the community, it helps reduce the levels inside your own home, wow. and they are very toxic, especially to neurodevelopment of children. Doc, thanks so much for coming in and giving us some time tonight yeah. after the long holiday weekend. I'm like, Doc, I need you. You got to come down. And I, I appreciate I that you it. always do. Now Dropping you know where knowledge bombs. new studio is and love to have you back. And congratulations uh, on your victory tomorrow. Thank you. Taking that That's so exciting. Yeah. Tomorrow congratulations. at noon in front of Stericycle, we're going to celebrate. The congratulations, Doc. Thanks. Questions, comments, suggestions, send them to radioactive at krcl.org. We're always looking for folks to bring on the show this night, any night. So you know someone who's up to some good trouble making a difference we'd love to hear about it right Rashawn? oh absolutely jump in our dms like i always say and you know i i think it's it's really a reminder speaking with the doc that we could do there's there's so much so much we could do like it, it you know it's it's hard not to get depressed but it you know it's it's one step at a time y'all one step at a time
We're going to talk with Skate Babes next week. Yes, we are. We're going to get them quads going. See you, Rashawn. See you later, Laura. Democracy Now! is next. KRCL, Salt Lake City. KRCL Short Summer Drive is Wednesday through Saturday, July 13th through 16th. So we're counting down the days by giving away a pair of tickets every day next week. Sign up for our newsletter at krcl.org for your chance to win. Thanks and good luck.